Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Let's turn to Proverbs chapter number six. Proverbs chapter number six and verse 16. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. And tonight I want to teach on the subject, the truth and nothing but the truth. The truth and nothing but the truth. Amen. Now this is a pretty powerful passage we just read. And notice of the seven things that were mentioned in this passage, two of the seven have to do with lying. The first was a lying tongue. The second was a false witness who speaks lies. You know, as children of God, we hold the Ten Commandments as very high regard in our hearts and our lives. Even though it's Old Testament, it's still applicable for us today. Amen. And uh, there's one of the uh, commandments that deals with this as well. Exodus 20, 16. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. So the Bible uses a strong word for what God thinks about lying He hates it. That's very powerful. Amen. Usually we think of God, he he loves. God loves. But there's some things that God hates. Amen. And God doesn't hate people. He just hates stuff that people do. Amen. And uh, so we need to let that realization resonate in our hearts and minds. Amen. These seven things we don't want to be associated with. In, as in our strive, striving to walk with God and, and please Him. Amen. Because you know what? Uh, and, and by experience, I know, amen, in, in my life, lying will get us n- into nothing but trouble. Lies set us up for disaster, you know, and a person that lies has to have a good memory. Amen. Because they got to remember who they told what to and when. Otherwise, you know, they're going to blow their cover and, and it's going to all blow up in their face, which it's going to do that anyway. Uh, it's just going to be a matter of time. One lie leads to another lie, and another lie has to cover the previous lie. Amen. And lies will lead us down a road that we don't want to go. It's a road with a deadly end, a, a dead end that always leads to a bad crash in our life. You know, there's examples of people in the Bible that lied, and it didn't go well with them. You know, Abraham, before he ever had Isaac, him and Sarah, uh, they were traveling. They, they were going through different countries. And, um, uh, you know, Abraham was worried as he was traveling through these uh, heathen nations that because, you know, he, uh, you know, uh, knew that uh, he had a beautiful wife, and that's what the Bible said. He told his wife, he said, you know what? 
I'm worried that they're going to, you know, uh, take you from me and they'll kill me, uh, you know, because they want to take you because you're so beautiful. And so let's agree that whenever we go through these places, we're going to tell them that you and I are brother and sister and then everything's going to be okay. So, you know, a lie. And so first, you know, they traveled through Egypt and the Pharaoh, uh, you know, got word that uh, there's this couple coming through town and uh, the country and, and one of his princes, his sons, uh, had his eye on Sarah and, uh, you know, he took her uh, and because, you know, he just thought it was a sister and because that's what he heard. And uh, God caused a plague to hit Egypt right then and issues and problems. Even when Abraham lied, God still protected him. Amen. And Sarah and uh, and God showed Pharaoh that, hey, you better give that lady back to, to back to him. That's really his wife. And then, you know, and then the Pharaoh called Abraham up and said, hey, why did you say it was, you know, your sister? That's your wife. God's causing a lot of grief for us because of you and the whole situation. I, I would, he, we would have never took her if we would have known that. And, uh, and he, he just said, well, I was concerned. I was worried that, you know, something might happen to me and, and all this kind of stuff. And she'd be taken. So that, and, then, and, that, and then to add insult to injury, uh, Abraham didn't learn his lesson. And, if, you know, a few towns down or countries down the road, uh, he came across a, another place, the land of Gerar, and Abimelech, the king, he, same thing, tell him you're my sister. And then Abimelech took, took him, took her, and, but nothing happened. And God caused a bad dream to come to Abimelech and said, you better not touch her and do nothing to her or you're going to be in big trouble. So God still, uh, you know, took care of the situation. But because of the lie, there was big problems that happened. You know, Laban, who was Jacob's son-in-law, when Jacob ran, when he stole the birthright, he ran over to where his mom was born and his, uh, his uncle Laban. He went to work for his uncle Laban. And uncle Laban had a couple of daughters, Rachel and Leah, right? And, uh, and, and Jacob was just head over heels for Rachel. And, uh, and Laban said, and he said, I want to marry your daughter, Rachel. And he said, nope, you can't do it uh, right now. But if you work for me seven years, I'll let you marry her. And so he, he worked for him seven years. And that night, Jacob went into the, you know, I don't know how they did it back then and all that stuff as far as ceremonies and whatever. But when he went into the tent and woke up in the morning, it was Leah there and not Rachel. Laban had tricked him. And he, he went up and he said, hey, I, I worked seven years for Rachel. What's going on? And he said, well, oh, no, it's not, it's not our custom to give the younger daughter before the older. You know, uh, you know, and, and so you're going to have to work another seven years. For Rachel, he did. He worked 14 years and he got Rachel. But Laban, because of that lie and that problem that he caused, you know, it cost him his daughters, his grandkids. They all left. Amen. And even his best of his flocks and herds left out of Laban's area as Jacob took everybody away. And it was all because uh, he, he couldn't stay with his, his uncle because this guy was a liar. He couldn't trust him. Joseph's brothers... Remember, they were jealous of Joseph. Joseph had the dreams and they, they went and they put him in a pit and then they decided to sell him into Egypt as a slave. 
And, uh, but then they said, we got to tell dad something. So when they went back to Jacob, they, took, they had taken J uh, Joseph's coat of many colors and they killed a pig and took the blood and they put it all over that coat and they tore it up like it, like he was killed by a wild animal. And he said, here, we found this out in the, in the wilderness and, and uh, we, we fear that he's dead and we didn't, we didn't find the body. And Jacob was so, I mean, he wanted to die. He just couldn't believe what happened to his son. Uh, and it was one of his, you know, second to youngest son. His 11th of 12 son. Amen. And, uh, and it, it really cost his father untold grief. And those brothers ultimately paid a big price because they, they lied to their dad. And then there was a story when King Saul, when he and his son Jonathan and the, and the army of Israel came against the Philistines. And it was a, it was a battle where Saul would, and Jonathan would lose their lives. And, uh, and, they, and they lost their lives. And David, of course, was going to be the next king. And there was a, an Amalekite, a man from Amalek that, that came up to the camp of David shortly after this uh, battle was over. And uh, he said, you know what, I wanted to let you know that uh, you know, I was just coming along in this battle and, and it, was all, it was pretty much almost over. And I, I saw King Saul up there and he called me over and uh, he told me to take, take my, my sword and to, and to kill him because he, it looked like he was already mortally wounded and he, he didn't want to get captured and tortured by the enemy. And, uh, you know, he, he, wanted, uh, he wanted just to die right then. And so, you know, I was happy to, you know, just to help him out. And so I, I, I killed the, you know, the king and whatever. And, and I don't know what this guy, why he lied and, and told that lie. Maybe he was thinking that, wow, he was going to get a big attaboy on his back or get a reward from David or something. But the Bible said that that didn't happen at all. The Bible said that Saul was up there on the hill and he was mortally uh, wounded and he told his armor bearer, he said, hey, I want you to, here, kill me right now because I don't want them to mess with me and torture me and do all kinds of stuff or whatever. And the armor bearer said, he goes, I'm not going to do that. You're the king. You don't touch God's anointed. You're the king. And so Saul fell on his own sword and killed himself. But this Amalekite, he made up this big story. Like, you know, he was a hero. I was just helping him out and doing what the king asked. And David said, how is it that you thought you could just touch the Lord's anointed and get away with it. And David called for one of his men and they put the sword on that guy and that Amalekite died. He died because of his lie. Man, that's powerful. You know, those are all Old Testament. Then there's the New Testament. After the church was, was started in the book of Acts, chapter 5, we find out that uh, there was a couple, a married couple, Ananias and Sapphira, and they... Uh, back at that time in the, in the church, a lot of people were, you know, selling things and donating and money and all that to the church because it was get, just getting off the ground, an early church and a young church, amen. And Ananias and Sapphira, they had sold a piece of property, but they had kind of, uh, you know, got together and they put together a lie and said, when anybody asks you or you or me or you what we sold this property for and what we're giving it, just tell them, you know, that we, this money we're giving to the church or to the, to the cause, uh, that's exactly the money we got from the property. But really what happened was they got more money for the property 
but they had this all set up. And you say, well, what's the big deal? It's because they, you know, it's their money. And that's exactly what Peter said. It's your money. You can do whatever you want with it. But because you lied to the Holy Ghost. See, now they lied to Peter, but Peter said, you lied to the Holy Ghost. That was powerful. And both Ananias and Sapphira died that day because of that situation. Wow, that's powerful. You see, everything we do as a child of God is unto the Lord and not unto men, right? And so, which means if we, if we lie, you know, we're not just lying to that person. We're also, you know, lying to God because we're doing it as unto the Lord, whether it's good or bad. So we've got to, uh, you know, um, tell the truth and nothing but the truth. You know, that's what they say in the courtroom, right? So I'll help you God and all that stuff. Put your right hand on the Bible and, you know. And, you know, when we find out someone's lying to us, it, it breaks our confidence in them, right? It, it shatters our trust in that person. Now we, now we got to, are they telling us the truth from now on? You know, it's just a hard situation. And, you know, confidence and trust, just like respect, it takes a long time to build, right? And it could just be thrown away in one, one lie. It's so, so crazy. And so you, you wonder, that text verse, we said, you know, these six things God hates. Why does God hate lying? Why does he hate lying? You know why? Because it is an attribute and a characteristic of the very nat nature of Satan himself. John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus said, You are of your father the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. So that just shows you uh, that's why God doesn't like lying. There's this, he, Jesus said there's no truth in the devil. There's no truth in him. He's a liar and the father of lies. Amen. So what people do not realize is that when they're, they, they, that they are knowingly or unknowingly associating them, themselves with the devil and the kingdom of darkness when they tell lies. Someday, we got to all stand before God, right? Someday, everybody is going to bow their knee. They're going to confess with their mouth. Whether they're doing it willingly or not, uh, you know, it's still going to happen. We're all going to stand before God and give an account for our words and for our actions. Because, you know, lying is not just speaking words, but we can also live a lie as well. Amen. And the only ones that really can live a lie and get away, from, get away with it are actors and actresses, right? If you're in like a stage show or whatever, and, you know, you're playing some character that's totally out of, that's not like you, you know, or you're a movie star or something, you know, that, that's one thing, because that's what your profession is. But everybody else, we got to live who we are. We got to be who we are. Some people are trying to be somebody else and trying to fool people or whatever. We got to just be ourselves, be what God wants us to be, and tell the truth. Amen. Karen Marie Moaning said, the truth hurts, but lies can kill. And what people must realize is that we, you know, people will ultimately die because of their lies. Some people die, some people, you know, spiritual death, there's all kinds of things going on. Revelation 21.8 said, and all liars 
shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is a second death. That, that, that's a powerful verse. I don't want to be a liar. Amen. God help us. I know God, God's a forgiving God, and God will forgive us. God forgives, God forgive us of lies, but you know what? There's consequences. There's, uh, there's you know, um, what do you call it? the domino effect that happens? Yeah, you can be forgiven for anything, but there's consequences live on on a lot of things that we do, right? But you know, we but God is merciful, and uh, but you know, we we just uh, see how how very strong the Bible is on this subject. So now, let's flip the coin over and talk about the truth. You know, whereas there is no truth in the devil, the Bible tells us there's no lie in God. Amen. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he should lie. Titus 1, 2, God cannot lie. And Hebrews 6, 18, it is impossible for God to lie. God is truth. That's his nature. That's his character. He doesn't just tell the truth. He is the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. Amen. And Jesus also said in John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. God is truth and his word is truth. That's why when we have God in our lives and we follow his word, we're going to be in truth. Amen. His word's always true. It'll always come to pass. It'll never fail us. And see, if you're, if, you know, if you're a liar, you've got to have a good memory. If you're a truth teller, you don't have to remember nothing. Right? I don't even remember if... Like when I unlock, when I go out the front door and I lock, you know, lock the door, the top lock or whatever, I don't even remember doing that like just five seconds after getting in my car. Did I lock that door right there? I have literally driven around the block and then coming back and tried it. And I, I, I know that when I do that, my dog's going to go crazy listening to the door again. Uh, but amen. Sometimes you got to do it just for peace of mind. <laughs> amen. But you don't have to remember if you tell the truth. You just tell the truth. That's the truth? That's the truth? Oh, but whoa, what did I tell that person? Who cares? It's the truth. You told them, you told them, everything's fine. You know, just tell the truth and let the chips fall where they may. We don't have to be ugly about it. We don't have to be whatever about it. You know, put, put, your, put, your love in, put love into it. But it does take courage to always tell the truth in every situation. Because, you know, you know in our lives, especially before we, you know, came to God, there was all kinds of pressure from people, you know, to, you know, just ah, fudge that a little bit or, you know, you can just do that or whatever. But, you know, I would never lie on my job and my job. There was times where they say, just tell them that, you know, like I had to call the customer and my wife's the same way. It's like, we're not going to lie for you. You want to fire me right now? Bye. But you know, they'd say, they'd say, well, just tell the customer. Tell the customer, the reason their order is not here is because, you know, this reason. I'm like, I'm not saying that. Why don't you, you can tell that. You, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I say, if you want to tell that lie, you can tell it, but I'm not telling them that. Because I know that's not the problem. We messed up and it's our fault. Don't say, oh, well, yeah, this, you know, this other supplier is, you know, holding us up. No, that's not it. But it takes courage. It takes courage to back, back your boss down. It takes courage, to, you know, even to say somebody, you know, you know, oh, just tell them you didn't see that, you know. Oh, just tell them, oh, oh I don't want to get in trouble. Oh, yeah, tell them this because I don't want to get a ticket or whatever. No, tell the truth. Amen. 
So that old saying, the truth hurts, it does. Frederick Nietzsche said, sometimes people don't want to hear the truth because they don't want their illusions destroyed. Yasmin Mogahad said, don't lie to me, don't deceive me, give me the truth. Even if it breaks me, a painful truth is better than a pleasant lie. Because that's what the devil gave Eve, a pleasant lie. Amen. And it, it, it threw the whole human race off kilter. So it not only hurts the one receiving, but it also can hurt the one speaking it. Because, you know, when, when you got to tell the truth, sometimes it hurts you, but you got to do it. Amen. And that's why we don't want fair feather, fair feather, fair weather friends. That's, that's why we don't want just people in our lives that just agree with us. We need someone that'll tell us the truth. Tell us, no, you don't want to do that. No, you don't want to hang around that person. That person's no good for you. Proverbs 27, 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Because the truth can hurt, we should always strive to speak the truth in love. All lies will fail. They will be brought to light and come to a bitter end, but God's truth will triumph and will never fail or falter. Amen. Because God's truth is as enduring and everlasting as He is and His Word is. Psalms 100 verse 5, For the Lord is good and His truth endures to all generations. Psalms 117 2, The truth of the Lord endures forever. So lies do not liberate people, the truth does. Jesus said, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. Praise God. You'll know the truth the truth will make you free. Now, it takes a lot of energy to live a lie and speak lies, but truth will free you up. Truth will put your mind at ease. You don't have to be you know, up all night trying to come up with all these plans and, and what you're going to tell this one and that one and that one to try to cover all these lies. You can just tell the truth and sleep like a baby. Amen. And telling the truth will put you in good standing with God. The Bible calls the Holy Ghost the spirit of truth, and it will guide you into all truth. And that's why we need to receive the Holy Ghost in our life. That's why we need it inside, amen, walking in us and, and, and guiding us and, and helping us and showing us the way, amen. And you know, John, uh, the, the Apostle John, he, he made this statement in John, uh, 3 John chapter 1, verse 4. He said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Now, he wasn't talking about his literal kids. You know, I'm not sure if he even have kids. We don't know. But he's talking about his children in the gospel, his children in the church, that, that he was, had a part in seeing them uh, saved and born again. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Amen? What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast and may God bless you.